Welcome to the Sowing Hope Podcast. This is a show all about implanting hope in our hearts. I'm Bill Snyder, joined by my friend Anne DeSantis. We're glad you're here for our uplifting conversation about faith and how it sustains our hearts through all the seasons of life. Thanks for walking with us. And hello, everybody, and welcome to the Sewing Hope Podcast. I am Bill Snyder. It's great to be with you. As you can always see, I am joined by my good friend and co-host, Ann DeSantis. And uh, if you take a look at the top of your screen, if you're watching on Facebook uh, or on YouTube, you're going to see uh, the, our, our three logos. That's because we're getting ready next week uh, to do a uh, tri-ministry fundraiser. So we hope you tune in uh, next Tuesday as well. Uh, that will be at uh, 8, 8 o'clock. PM, right? Yes. 8 o'clock PM, 8 the 26th. PM. Uh, so you see uh, our three logos there so uh, up at the very top of the screen. So uh, we hope that you will uh, tune in and watch that. But right now it is the Sewing Hope podcast, and it's so great uh, to be in the middle of this series, and we're talking uh, about evangelization, but we're doing so in light of the Synod, right? We're doing this 10-part series on the Synod. That's right. And if my calculations are correct, we're at episode 7. Mm. And we've been tackling all the different facets of what this synod is. And Pope Francis, you know, he prayed about this idea of doing a worldwide synod, a walking together, a listening session to all of those in the Catholic Church, both the clergy and the ministers and also all of the participants, people who are the lay faithful, are, are invited to be a part of the synod. And if you go to the website, which is the synod.va, which is actually the Vatican website. It says, who is the synod? And I'll just read this so we can get a little more information. By convoking the synod, Pope Francis is inviting all the baptized to participate in this synodal process that begins at the diocesan level. The main subjects of the synodal, synodal experience are all the baptized because all the baptized are the subject of the census fidelum. That's the living voice of the people of God. At the same time, in order to participate fully in the act of discerning, it is important for the baptized to hear the voices of other people in their local context, including people who have left the practice of faith, people of other traditions, and people of no religious belief. And I personally, I think that the idea that he had to do this was very ingenious because let's face it, let's be honest, um, there are a lot of people who have left the Catholic Church over the years, especially in modern times. And we are all called to evangelize. And that's the topic of this podcast is we want to talk about what does it mean to evangelize and what can we learn from the synod? Because during the synod process, there's some, there was something done, which was a survey called the DMI. That's the Disciple Maker Index 75 question survey where they interviewed or excuse me, surveyed over 450,000 people worldwide. What are their opinions about what is the church doing well, and what are those areas that we can improve? So with that said, Bill, I didn't know if you had any words to say on evangelization, because, you know, there's all different ways to do that, isn't there? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, you and I uh, were talking off the air yesterday, as, uh, you know, so often we do, and uh, so much of this is relevant, right, for, um, you know, just our daily conversations about how the church works and, and what we're supposed to be doing as members of the church. I think, uh, you know, it fits into our daily lives, um, you know, and, and it should, right? Evangelization is one of those things uh, that, it, you know, is, is 
a daily, if not minute by minute practice that we have to uh, really uh, look at how are we uh, showcasing the faith to others. That's really what it comes down to, right? Like, how are we living our faith in a way that um, is public and um, represents Christ? You know, that draws people in. That's an evangelization tool. Um, you know, evangelization is spreading the gospel. Well, the first place we have to look is with ourselves. And, um, you know, life throws at us a lot of different challenges. There's not uh, always a happy moment in every single day. Some days are harder than others, and I think that's across the spectrum for, uh, you know, humanity, right? Like, that's just part of our fallen nature. Um, And so we as Christians have to do our best to, um, in those difficult times, make sure that we are, uh, you know, living our faith in a, in a way that showcases that uh, Jesus is our Lord and that he and he alone um, can bring about um, a change in, you know, others' lives as well, right? Like, so when, when I'm living uh, a virtuous life and other people see those virtues at work, especially in adversity, then, man, what happens? The, the, the Holy Spirit can reach into that heart and go, man, I want what he has. I want what she has. And uh, they begin to ask those questions. So I think evangelization is that minute-by-minute, moment-by-moment type of mentality that we have to have. How are we living our faith? Uh, and, and how are we showcasing that faith to the world? Um, you know, I think that's really the best way we can evangelize. And uh, here's the best-kept secret about that. You can do it at in any profession, in any vocation, in any walk of life, it doesn't matter where you are uh, or what you're doing, you can do it. Uh, so you don't have to be, um, you know, a, you know, an evangel, you know, a formal evangelist within the church. You don't have to have that title uh, across the, you know, the bottom of the screen uh, in order to say, "Oh, I'm an evangelist and I and I do this." No, that it, it's something that we all do. Uh, so yeah, that's that's just kind of some of my initial thoughts, anyway. I love what you just said because you and I are both in ministry. You know, you're the founder of Patchwork Heart Ministry, and I'm the exec- executive director for the St. Raymond Anatis Foundation. But the call to reach out to people and to evangelize is not just for Bill and I, or people who work at a Catholic church or some kind of nonprofit or whatever, or a priest or a religious deacon, whoever. It's for everybody. It's an invitation. You know, the Catholic church is invitational. And obviously it begins with our baptism when we have that calling, which is that lifelong calling to walk with Christ and accept the gospel and to bring other people into this beautiful life of faith. That's what it is. It's, it's a beautiful life of faith. It's not, um, you know, something that we do. It's not a check mark to say that not only did I get to heaven, but did other people did. That is very important, and you hear that a lot in especially, I think, very well-schooled Catholics, people who are very serious about their faith. They're very concerned for people going to heaven, and that is a very admirable and a wonderful thing because our faith is not about right now. It's about what's happening after we die, but I do want to make something very clear. God cares about our lives on earth. And he wants us, he does wish for people to be happy. Now, I don't mean a happy that's a sinful, I'm doing what I want and I'm happy because I have all this freedom, 
freedom to sin. That's not what it, the happy means. I mean, happy means that he's given you all the gifts on earth, such as his love, the sacraments, the gift of friendship, the gift of family, all of those things. But we have to remember that when we pray for people in evangelization to, quote, get to heaven, it's not like this checklist of things that I do where I say, well, I prayed hard that this person goes back to church and, you know, I pray that they make it to heaven. Heaven is a gift that if we do love God as much with all of our heart, our soul, our mind, our strength, and we love other people the same way, it's a gift that comes from God, isn't it? Mm. So it's not some kind of a, a checkbox that, you know, we argue about with other Christians about, you know, that we only care about, quote, souls getting to heaven. Yes, we care about souls getting to heaven, right, Bill? But <laughs> it, the way that we treat human beings in the process, in this lifespan, that has a bearing in evangelization. Bill, oh, yeah. I didn't know if you wanted to touch on that. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I think um, y you're exactly right that, uh, you know, the, the, the gospel is something that we have to live here on earth. Um, and we, we get this life and we can be over scrupulous. That is something that can happen. Right? We can get scrupulous about um, checking every little box. Did I do this right? Did I do that right? Did I do this right? Did I do that right? That we forget to love the people who, you know, have been you know, right in front of us. The, the, the people that are right in front of us are often the most important people and the most challenging people to love. You know, w you know Catholics and Christians often think about the missions and missions happening in faraway countries, right? Um, and that everybody needs to go far, you know, far away on a mission trip to serve the poor, serve God. Um, no, just look in your family for those people that you can serve, that you can help grow in faith. And, you know, when we as Christians and Catholics do that, that actually has a greater effect on evangelization when we lift up our family members, our parish, our, our our parishioners in our parish. What happens is our local community gets stronger, right? Our 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 family comes closer to God through you know those those times of communal prayer, going to mass together, um, you know, serving as a catechist in the parish or serving. Um, in the ministries of your parish, begin to then to impact a wider circle and grow your parish and grow your territory, right? Uh, and as that territory grows, it's, it is through the person of Jesus Christ working in you and in your, uh, in your heart to do that. Uh, and so the number of people, the number of people that you touch is less important than the the quality of how you are evangelizing and what you're evangelizing with look we can you know take out a catechism we can read this to you on the air we could read you the catechism on the air uh, we have to know our faith that's important we have to know what what our faith is but without the aspect of the heart and living it and putting it into practice, 
There's no point in knowing it. You know, I, so so that's, you know, evangelization. It's, it's what has this done for me in my life? Why is it important? I think that's one of the biggest things that um, we, we need to ask ourselves. Why are we doing what we are doing? Why are we living as a Christian? Why? You know, Anne gave a great example, getting to heaven, right? Like that, like, like that's our goal, right? But, okay, but, but why are you drawn to this? Why are you um, called into mission? Why are you, why? Why are we doing what we're doing? Jesus would say, Jesus would say to lift up those who are um, on, on the sidelines and bring more people, bring everyone to Christ. That's what, that's what he's talking about. Like That's what he's mentioning. He wants everyone as part of this family. That's the reason why Pope Francis talked about it as all the baptized. And then he added in those the unchurched and those who don't have any particular religion and like because he sees Christ's vision he wants everybody but the only way we do it is through the nucleus of our own heart and our own family and if you're not serving those first if you're not treating those with respect first how are you going to treat those uh with respect in the congo you know that 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 you don't that you haven't even met yet you know that you might send a check or you might send some money over to the you know the missions how how is that um living the gospel you know so that's just you know some of my thoughts and i think um I, so that's why i think the synod also is so beautiful because it draws in not only the personal but it also draws in the um the the global of the church together yeah it it draws in the global. I mean, the entire world is involved in this. And I just want to commend you on what you mentioned during your sharing time, Bill, because we need to ask ourselves those questions. You know, not only just for our relationship with God, but all of us have some kind of role in evangelizing. And that's the topic of this podcast. So I think one of those first questions we should ask is what would attract someone who is not loving the Catholic church or religion by, for that matter, what would attract them to even want anything to do with what we believe? And Bill made a good point about catechism versus Bible versus whatever. Um, depending on the person, you know, there are people who, do better with facts and information so that they can really understand and see why, what are those reasons that the Catholic Church exists after 2,000 years? I mean, obviously, it's a work of the Holy Spirit. That's number one, right? It wouldn't have never have existed all this time if it wasn't for the work of the Holy Spirit and God's will that it still be around. And so we ask ourselves, what is it that would attract someone to want to be Catholic? Now, I am going to read something just because I think it's worth reading. And it is from that Synod VA. It's just a real short paragraph. It says, 
special care should be taken to involve those persons who may risk being excluded. They are women, the handicapped, refugees, migrants, the elderly people who live in poverty, Catholics who rarely or never practice their faith, etc. And um, when we evangelize, obviously, we think of everybody. Now, Bill also mentioned that our families and people who live close by to us, you know, that's a definite calling for us to reach out, isn't it? People that live in our own homes, maybe our extended family members or neighbors, um, that's definite. But looking at that list, too, I mean, he mentions the women, the handicapped, the refugees, the migrants, the elderly. I mean, so... I would just invite people who are watching this podcast right now to pray about that because that's God's desire, I believe. And it's all over Holy Scripture is who Jesus reached out to, right? They were the poor, the sick, the outcast, the marginalized. Um, and, and I think that's a calling for all of us to, to care about them because when we talk about heaven and when we think about what does it take for us to get to heaven, of course, you know, in our Catholic beliefs, we believe that you have to be free of mortal sin. I mean, that's for sure. And we believe in purgatory where you can have that cleansing before you, you go into or, or enter into eternal life in heaven. But, um, but also, you know, that uh, we realize that part of how we get to heaven is loving God first with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength and loving others as ourselves. I mean, of course, we have all those 10 commandments and we have the Beatitudes and other things, but Jesus made it very clear uh, that one of those ways to get to heaven is by loving people and loving those people who don't have the love and support they deserve. And I mentioned some of those people with what the Holy Father wrote. Um, I think we really need to think about that when we think about heaven because I think that, as I said at the beginning of the podcast, that uh, there are some people in our faith, very well-schooled Catholics, very, um, as they refer to, authentically-minded Catholics, who we don't hear a lot about this too much. We hear a lot about people not following church teaching or, you know, not attending to the sacraments or it, people who are in a state of mortal sin. But I don't know about you, Bill, but I'd love to see more of those same people, including me, right? I'm not, I'm not excluding myself, uh, in getting out there and loving the people who need us. Because to be quite frank with you, if we really get down to it, that's going to be a real big part of what it means to get into heaven. Oh, absolutely. And I think, you know, when you actually look at that group of people, and when you look at the, you know... Um, group of people that the Holy Father was talking about that uh, was marginalized, right? Uh, the handicapped I, I, and, and all these other things. I think about oftentimes um, going on mission um, and the number of people that were, you know, sick, elderly, um, handicapped, that um, taught me something about the faith that I couldn't have gotten otherwise. Right. So like, think about it this way. Like I remember, uh, and I'll just tell this brief story. I remember I was on mission with a group of teens uh, down in St. Louis uh, a few years ago. We drove to St. Louis uh, and uh, there was this beautiful lady, um, beautiful child of God who was elderly. Uh, she had several handicaps. Uh, 
And uh, I think Doris was her name. And Doris um, had just like five cats, was unable to really care for herself. She couldn't, you know, take the trash out. Uh, she would, you know, take bags of kitty litter, used kitty litter, and she'd drop them down the uh, the fire escape in her house, outside her house, off her deck, to the point where there was like 600 bags of cat poop down her fire escape stairs. And then uh, her front yard looked like just trash everywhere, um, inside the home, just trash everywhere. And uh, we were asked to go in and help her and clean up. And and I remember I said, Doris, you know, um, could could I help you, um, you know, with some tips? You know, how can we make this more user-friendly? How can we make this more accessible for you so that you don't repeat the same things over and over again? And we went out and we got certain things and we got flowers and we got... But through the conversation, the amazing thing, through the whole conversation and through the three days of working with her to beautify her home, um, and I was the only guy on site. I was the only guy. So, you know, you can guess who got stuck with uh, 600 bags of kitty, um, you know, litter. Uh, you can you can guess who got stuck with that, uh, cleaning that up over the three days. My clothes were destroyed. But um, the 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 incredible thing um, was that God revealed to me uh, something that you know I couldn't have never had revealed um, or known that you know that there's such a deep longing for for God in some somebody's heart like that. I'll never forget. That she called me after everything was done. And I'm sure she was sitting home, you know, by by herself, thinking, oh, these kids, these kids and these youth ministers and these young people aren't going to be coming back. But man, look what they did. She called me and she just was crying. She was just crying and she couldn't uh, even put it into words. You know, um, you know, that her, her her gratitude for what, you know, that team had accomplished those days. And there's there's such a need god, you know god is needed but he is needed through our hands that was not only evangelization it was beautiful her faith was deepened um through through our work it was deepened but i was also taught and and my team of people that was there at that house was also taught that it is necessary this is this is part of you know justice like this is necessary for us as disciples to be doing and not just doing once a year. That was my point about, you know, talking to your family and those close to you, because I guarantee it. You know, you don't need an organized mission trip to go evangelize. You don't need an organized thing to do it. But I mean, that's, you know, an example of how God not only works through us, but then get works through her to show us, man, the hunger and the depth, and then obviously the gratitude that God has for when we serve him. So those are just, you know, like th that's what I think about um, when I think about the Holy Spirit, um, you know, empowering us to evangelize. I think often about Doris and I think, 
man, I, I, I have a heart for that and I want to serve God. Um, and, I, and, you know, God opened my eyes and, and the ability for me to do it in my local community, not just, not just, you know, far away. Bill, thanks for sharing that story about Doris, because I do recall you telling me that before, and it's a beautiful story, and it's a reminder to all of us of ways that we can serve, you know, and, and I think when we talk about evangelization, part of that is, well, a big part of it, I think, is serving, because when people see who are away from the church, when they see how we love that's what's going to attract them to even want to be involved in church. I'll say the Catholic church is seeing the way that we are loving others. I think when they see things like um, arguing amongst ourselves as Catholics on different things, and when they see what they interpret, I'm not saying that it necessarily is, but what they might interpret as judgmentalism, uh, or people who are not welcoming to them for whatever reason. And like I said, now I'm going according to what, not so much what someone's intention is, but what their interpretation of that is, right? Um, now, I'm also looking at that same website, the Synod VA, and underneath where I was reading from before, it gives us some points. It says that being synodal requi requires time for sharing, an openness to conversion and change, leaving behind prejudices and stereotypes, uh, gives rise to hope. Uh, humility and listening must correspond to courage in speaking. And synods are an ecclesiastical exercise in dis uh, discernment. Hmm. And so I think there are just some good points for us to think about that we cannot learn about what other people need unless we listen. Hmm. Listening is a very, very important part, I believe, of evangelization. This is not just where we spell out the rules and we open the doors and say, come on in. That's not the way it works. We open our doors and we are friendly, kind, considerate, compassionate, loving and we're not doing that because we're just trying to appease someone in their sin. Now, that's another topic, Bill, which I think mm -hmm. we, sh we should touch on maybe before the end of the podcast. Because sometimes, again, I think that there's in the church, there's people who look at, say, the word nice. And nice is a word that's not a corporal or spiritual work of mercy. It's, it's not even a virtue. It is a behavior that we see it's 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 basically a um a, a feeling of of showing people through our smile through our listening through all of those things that we care that we're there for them uh that is a way that we can do that mm. and so um when when we when we act in that way when we act in a compassionate manner when we smile when we're friendly they might not be listed as specifically, you know, uh, virtues, right? Because niceness is not a virtue. Kindness is a virtue. But you don't throw niceness out and say it's, does, it's not worth anything. Because some people will say we're called to be holy, not nice. Well, that's true. We are called to be holy. 
And holy means that we love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. But it, it also does not mean, it says nowhere, anywhere, that niceness has no value whatsoever. It does have a value in evangelization, doesn't mm. it? It does have a value in loving others if yeah. it's directed in the right way. Now, I know you can say someone can be nice and point someone to a sinful behavior. We're not talking about that. We're not talking about pointing someone using niceness in a sinful manner. We're talking about using niceness to, to show love and compassion and friendliness and using those behaviors to show charity toward others. So I don't know if you wanted to say anything on that toward our end here, Bill. Yeah, you know, um, I think you're spot on there, and I think there are two different things we have to really, um, you know, delineate with, as you so clearly did, right? That uh, being nice is important. It has a role in our faith. But does it? But do we do we weaponize the niceness to lead people and appease you know a sinful pattern of behavior in, your, in in their life? We're not we're not talking about that. That's not we're we're talking. We're not weaponizing being nice to say, oh, we're going to lead you down this path of destruction. <laughs> like like that's like that's not <laughs> no, what we're going to no. do. <laughs> but 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 being nice and authentic. I think I think really the word. Um, that I like to use often is authentic. Be authentically, you know, yourself. And, you know, if you are authentically yourself, um, then other people are going to witness and see that authenticity uh, and then want to be authentic themselves. I mean, that's one of the biggest things the younger generation, Ann, looks for. Even even over the whole kindness thing, they, they look for authenticity right? because... Right, they see so much that's fake out there in the world. <laughs> right, it's just fake. You know, um, you know all these spinning graphics and bubbles behind us. Like it's fake. It looks pretty, <laughs> but it's fake. Right? They they look through that right away and they go, okay, is this person real? Is this person real? Or are they not? And um, that that's what I think the 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 world's. Uh, craving and hungering for with uh, with you know evangelization and you know during this whole synodal process it's something certainly we got to think about being nice being authentic um, but also standing up for the truth and so Anna, this has been awesome thanks so much Anna, as always for being um, being uh, with me here on the podcast it's a real honor bill i love this series and thank you for giving me also the opportunity for us to discuss these things uh and I just want to say I'm really excited for episode eight coming soon. Yes. Yeah. Thank likewise. You. Absolutely. Well, folks, uh, we want to remind you once again that next Tuesday we're going to have our fundraiser. You see our logos up there on the top. You'll uh, be able to donate and uh, donate to us uh, through Facebook and you'll be able to see our updates and everything there. So check that out. But until next time, may God bless you and keep beating to your Catholic heart. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sewing Hope on Patchwork Heart Radio. For more information about this podcast and our ministries, visit our websites, patchworkheart.org and andesantis.com. You can also follow and interact with us on Twitter at PWH Ministry or andesantis2.